You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. All right. Let us pray real quick. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I uh, just thank you for bringing us together this morning. Uh, Lord, I just um, thank you for sending Jesus to save us, Lord. And I pray that um, you would just um, give us your Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and understanding right now, Lord. And I just pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. amen. All right, so uh, a couple weeks ago, Cameron uh, took up characters around the manger, and he talked about Joseph. Um, and then I think we had a break last week, and today we're going to talk about Mary. I think someone next week's talking about the shepherds or the wise men. Anyone in here doing that? Or maybe Cameron's canceled it. I don't know how the series is going, honestly. I haven't read the, the critical feedback yet. Um, but before we get into Mary today, I figured that um, we could try to get a good picture of what it must have looked like for her. Does anyone remember the show 16 and Pregnant? Um, it, it was on MTV, I think, for like five years, 2009, 2014. I didn't miss an episode. And um, um, they took a stab at what, uh, what the nativity story looked like if it was on 16 and Pregnant. And it's appropriate because uh, Mary, you know, was 15 or 16 years old. Uh, so let's, let's, let's watch that. Can somebody get just one of the lights back there? I'm asking a lot of the internet here. The Advent School has YouTube blocked. Hold on. I don't know that this will play on KidTube. All right, give me give me one second here. Yeah, 
Why? I just never thought being the mother of God would be this hard. I'm Joseph! What? You're already pregnant? So, like I like I said, big big fan of uh, that show, and uh, no, I uh, just Google. Um, so, couldn't resist that title. I tried to find some kind of Christological reference with this movie, and <laughs> there's it's not there. <laughs> it's not there. Um, and so uh, that's our link. So that was a pretty ridiculous video, uh, but I wanted to show it just to really get into, uh, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but it was very difficult for Mary. This was not easy for her. Those were real type conversations. You know, can you imagine? She actually did have to have a conversation with Joseph. Um, she had to have conversations with her friends, with her family. So we'll get into more of that uh, later, but um, wanted to start with uh, some scripture. Um, this is from Luke uh, chapter 1. 27 through 38. Let me get here. All right, here we go. In the sixth month of the angel, Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We're going to do a lot of reading kind of up front here. 
Um, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Last thing, uh, Mary's response. This is the Magnificat, um, beautiful prayer uh, that Mary says in response to Elizabeth. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. All right, so how do we take this and have conversations with our children about Mary? Um, if, we're, if that's kind of the goal of this class. And I think um, what we're going to get into and uh, the gift that keeps on giving for me has been Hidden Christmas by Tim Keller. I used it last year for a class and I've used it again this year. Um, and really want to get into Luke talks a lot about how Mary responded. You can see I bolded her responses uh, right here. Uh, Luke really goes into detail with, um, you know, with the Magnificat of how Mary responded to this news um, that she was going to have this child. And... Uh, Keller holds it up as, you know, really an example. Why did Luke do this as an example of what uh, Christian faith looks like um, as a model for us? Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to go over a few facts about Mary and then a few kind of myth busters. Um, so facts, uh, Mary was Jewish. Um, there, she was a descendant of the house of David. If you look at the lineage for Joseph, he's got two different fathers listed. And some people believe that the other father was the father-in-law, uh, which would be Mary's father. Um, she lived in Nazareth. She was poor. Uh, we know that she was poor uh, because in Luke 2:24, uh, when she took Jesus to the temple, um, she gave two doves, um, and you know that's all she could afford. That's all she could give as a sacrifice. Um, we know that she was a virgin. Um, that was prophesied in Isaiah 7:14. Uh, and we knew that she was uh, betrothed to Joseph. Now, being betrothed and, and Cameron, uh, or betrothed, betrothed maybe, uh, Cameron talked about this um, a couple weeks ago, but this was a different than a modern engagement. You were basically married for all intensive purposes. Um, Joseph's parents would have chosen Mary to be engaged to him. And basically, while they were like hammering out the deals, uh, the terms of like a prenuptial type agreement, they're betrothed uh, to each other. They can't have sexual relationships, absolutely forbidden. Um, and uh, any type of sexual unfaithfulness during this time would be considered adultery. And under Mosaic law, uh, stone, stoning would have been the penalty. Uh, so Mary would have been, would have been killed. Um, 
And so um, that is where she was. A few myths. Did anyone here grow up in the Catholic Church? Okay. Feel free to chime in. Y'all know more than I know on this. Y'all might have learned more about Mary than I did. But, um, you know, I think it's good to be able to answer these if our kids ask us about it. Mary was not divine. Mary is a human being, a sinful human being in need of a Savior, just like all of us. Um, she recognizes in the Magnificat that she needs, oh man, that she needs a Savior. Um, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Uh, there was no uh, immaculate conception. Does, any, does anyone know what that claims to be? That basically Mary was without sin because at the moment that she was conceived, the Holy Spirit intervened um, such that she was conceived without sin. Um, that's not true. Um, there's no scriptural basis for that. I should say it that way. Um, she's not our mediator. Uh, we should not pray to Mary. Uh, Mary, uh, we have one mediator, and that's Jesus Christ. Uh, second, uh, First Timothy uh, chapter two, verse five: For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Um, she. Uh, uh, there's also a claim that maybe Mary was a virgin after the birth of Jesus. Um, that actually uh, contradicts Scripture. Uh, and uh, at least in Matthew uh, 13, 55 through 56, um, said that Jesus had uh, three brothers, James, Joseph, and Simon, and possibly had sisters too. So um, those are kind of uh, some facts and some things that aren't true about her. Does anyone have anything to add? Anyone with a Catholic I background? Say, I mean, when you do the rosary and stuff, you say Hail Mary, and there's definitely like more emphasis put on her as to not worship her like Christ, but yes, to hold her to uh. a higher standard and to praise her uh -huh. in the Catholic Church. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And that was something from what I was reading about this. That's something that basically was invented in like the fourth century um, by the Roman Catholic Church was just that we're going to hold her and put her at this higher standard. And basically, uh, I, I saw a good quote on this that Mary's just probably in the front of a long line of sinners, just like us. Um, she doesn't have any kind of holy uh, status um, beyond us. So um, looking at how Mary responded to the incarnation, um, Keller makes four points that I want to walk through. Uh, first, oh, let's go back here. So... She finds out, she's sitting there, an angel comes to her and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Um, her first response is, uh, she's going to respond thoughtfully. She says, what kind of greeting is this? She's afraid. Um, uh, this is very unsettling for Mary. Um, she's not ready to just jump on board with whatever this angel is saying. Um, and so he explains, the angel explains, um, you know, don't be afraid. You found favor with God, and here's what we're going to do. Mary uh, still is not on board. She says, how will this be? I'm a virgin. You don't understand. This is impossible. And uh, the angel answered her and explained that the Holy Spirit was actually um, going to come upon her, and that's how she was going to be pregnant. And um, Mary responds with, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Um, so 
I think there's a, and Cameron touched on this a couple weeks ago, I think there is a, we have been trained in our Western culture to not believe in the supernatural. So we say, Mary, you might fall for something like this, but, you know, we would never believe, or we're trained not to believe a claim like this. But it's important to realize, too, that in Mary's culture, as a Jewish girl, she would have been trained to never believe that God could be a man. Um, this would be very difficult for Mary to believe that God was going to come to her. She was actually going to be the pregnant with God and that he was going to live on this earth as a man. So she had extreme barriers to belief here. Um, but there's two different kinds of faith, right? There's two different kinds of doubt, I should say. Um, the first kind of doubt just closes off, uh, is a sign of a closed mind, and the second type, uh, type of doubt is the sign of an open mind. And in this case, Mary has an open mind. She questions. Um, she considers it. She asks another question. Um, and then at the end of it, she, uh, she, um, she says, look, I, I don't quite fully understand, but I will, uh, I'm the servant of the Lord, so let it be according to your word. And I think this is important um, around Christmas time to talk with your children about. It's okay to have doubt. And I think there's two different ways that go. You know, you have the youth pastor who says, don't doubt, just believe. And you have our society saying, if you believe this, you're an idiot. You're just gullible and you're, you're just, it's blind faith. And there's something in the middle, right? There's something in the middle that Mary just exemplified of, you know, I'm going to really wrestle with it. Um, and that's normal. Um, and so, uh, number two, Mary responds gradually. And it takes a matter of her mind, her will, and then her heart. Um, when she says, how can this be, that's really a polite way of saying, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, and, you know, uh, Keller has this quote, and he's, he's uh, written this in other books too, but he says, unless you have heard the Christian story and found it incredible too, I'm not sure you have ever really grasped it. But if you have never stood and looked at the gospel and found it ridiculous, impossible, inconceivable, I don't think you have really understood it. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's true. This is a ridiculous story. If you ever like sit around, I mean, does, am I the only one who sits around and thinks it's just crazy? I mean, that, that Jesus actually, God impregnated a 15-year-old virgin sometime before, you know, 2,000 years ago. And this man was born and he lived and he actually died uh, for my sins and was raised from the dead. And that's my, that's what I'm going to put all my hope, all my faith, all my trust on in this lifetime for this promise of eternal life. That's crazy. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and so I think it's okay, again, to kind of give your permission, your kids permission to explore that and kind of acknowledge that. Um, but uh, the second stage that uh, Mary really goes with is, you know, this simple acceptance uh, that I was just getting at, you know, I'm the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes all we can do is really just trust in the Lord, trust that he is who he says he is, trust that he's faithful and put our faith in him, even when we don't understand the full picture. Um, the third stage is she exercises faith from her heart. Um, she burst into praise in her Magnificat, um, and she connects all that's happening to her to the promises of the Bible over the centuries. Um, notice she doesn't start with what God has done for her. She starts with just my soul magnifies the Lord because I know who he is. He's my Lord. He's my God. Uh, he's my Savior. My spirit rejoices in him. 
And then she recounts what he's done, and then she calls on her knowledge of the Scripture to say, look, he's done this in the past, he's continuing to do his work, and I can put my trust in him, I can put my faith in him. Um, And so it's never a matter, you know, our faith is never a matter of just emotional heart, right? And it's never just a matter of our will. It's never just a matter of our mind. All those things come together um, to give us that that, uh, faith in in Christ and in this story. Um, The third way Mary responds is in wonder. Um, And this is... uh, If we look in the Magnificat, she says, The Mighty One has done great things for me. Um, She also, if you look at Luke 2.19, let me see. Um, After Jesus was born, um, it says in 18, it says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And then in verse um, 33, uh, after um, hearing more about Jesus and living with him, um, it says, And his father Joseph and his mother Mary marveled at what was said about him. Um, so they, she really wondered at who Jesus was. And really the point is here is, um, you know, we should be amazed and encourage our kids to be amazed that Jesus has come for us to save us, to be your personal savior. Like, wow, what a thing that God has done for me. Um, you know, and Keller points out, you know, if someone asked you, are you a Christian? You know, you would say, of course I am. You know, it's hard work, but I'm doing it. You know, I go to church. I'm in a small group. I'm pretty good about prayer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm being a pretty good husband. Um, stop playing with the dog fight. Um, only once a month. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm getting better. You know, I'm doing better. Um, when really it should be, I'll just quote him, it'd be more appropriate to say, yes, I am, and that's a miracle. Uh, me, a Christian, who would have ever thought it? Uh, yet he did, and I'm his. And, you know, to tell to encourage our children with, you know, this is this is a miracle. Like God came to save you. This is a miracle that should be celebrated um, in the same way that Mary did. All right. All right. Mary um, responds with a willing surrender to God. Um, so let's put this in the context of what was happening she is 15 years old. She's betrothed to Joseph, who's probably 35 years old. Okay, she's got her family. She's got her friends. She's got her hopes and her dreams. Um, who here has had hope and dreams about before you had children about what your life would look like? And then now, what are your dreams now? For them to go to college, what activities they'll participate with, who will their friends be, what kind of life are they going to have? What kind of you know what kind of woman will your son marry? What kind of man will your daughter marry? Where will they live? Um, what, what, your, what does your career look like? What are your career goals? Um, what, what's the next house? Are you going up or are you moving? You know, everyone's you know, got their hopes and their dreams for their life that they think about. And Mary was no different. Um, and we need to credit her with that. Um, and she's 15 years old. She's betrothed to this man who's 20 years older. Um, and um, she finds out she's pregnant. She's going to have to have some very difficult... First, she's going to have to have a baby, okay? Um, She's going to have to do it essentially out of wedlock, 
I mean, for all intents and purposes, she's not married. And people are going to say either she cheated on Joseph or her and Joseph fooled around before they got married, which would be a, a serious offense. Um, she was looking at the very real possibility, if not the almost certainty, that people were going to call her son a bastard. Um, she was going to go have to have this difficult conversation with Joseph as that uh, little film kind of demonstrates. She was going to have to say, Joseph, got to tell you something. We got to talk. You're not going to believe this, but um, so she had to have that conversation. She had to tell her parents um, her life is completely turned upside down. She's completely out of control. And if I'm Mary in this situation and I'm and I'm considering this and an angel comes and tells me how my life's going to be. I mean, he could come do it right now and just tell me, you know, where I'll be working in five years. And I would protest. My first response would be to protest. Right. No, you don't understand. I've got a different plan for my life. Right. And even though she asks questions and she engages in that good, you know, thoughtful consideration. And it's not just blind faith. At the end of it, she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Um, I think this is probably the biggest takeaway point I'd like to have from this class today is um, talking to your children about surrendering to the Lord um, and, and how blessed we are through that. Um, and so, let me get it here. Um, in verse 55, um, setting the background a little bit more, in the Magnificat, uh, and I took out the verses, which I don't know why, but she says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So she's connecting the promises given to Israel uh, through to Abraham with her own experience right now. Um, and uh, I'm just going to quote this from Keller because it's really good. It says it better than I can. It says, Consider God's promise to Abraham and his faithful service to that promise, which cost Abraham. God said to Abraham, I want to bring salvation into the world through you, through your body, through your family. Abraham responded, What then do you want me to do? God answered, Get out, leave your homeland, your family, your friends, leave everything you know, all your security, and go out into the wilderness. Where do you want me to go, wondered Abraham. I'll tell you later, said God. And then the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 8, And he, Abraham, went out, not knowing whether he went. Um, and Keller makes the point that it was exactly the same with Mary. Um, she had all of her hopes. She had all of her dreams. Had her whole life out ahead of her. And now God's calling her to throw, uh, calling throws all those into doubt. Um, who knows what kind of life now awaits her? It doesn't matter. When she says, I am your servant, she goes out not knowing whither she went. And anyone who wants to become a Christian must basically do the same thing as Mary and Abraham before her. Now, becoming a Christian is not like signing up for a gym. It is not a living well program that will help you flourish and realize your potential. Christianity is not another vendor supplying spiritual services you engage as long as it meets your needs at a reasonable cost. Christian faith is not a negotiation, but a surrender. It means to take your hands off your life. Um, in Matthew uh, chapter 16, verse 25, um, says, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Um, 
And so if we consider all, all about Mary that we know, how difficult this decision was for her to surrender, and then we consider the fact that ultimately she saw her son, her firstborn, persecuted and eventually murdered. Um, why would Elizabeth say that she was blessed amongst all women? Um, and I, the Hebrew word um, uh, for blessed, uh, blessed, excuse me, blessed is a Greek word for the Hebrew word shalom, which means an ultimate sense of well-being and peace, deep satisfaction, knowing that it's well within your soul even when circumstances around you might be crazy. Um, and Mary was most blessed among women because, if you think about it, no one knew Jesus or had Jesus closer. Uh, no one ever has had Je has been as close to Jesus as Mary was. Um, you know, she carried her in, in her stomach. She gave birth to him. She held him. She uh, kissed him. She hugged him. She knew the sound of his voice. Um, I mean, Mary knew Jesus in a way that no one ever has um, in terms of being with him physically. And, um, and, you know, and he brought her peace. He brought her that deep sense of well-being. But he brings that, and I think we can tell our children, Jesus brings that to each and every one of us. He came uh, to give us peace. Um, if we look at, um, if we look at John 16, uh, Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, if we look at Romans uh, chapter 8, uh, verses 18 and then 31 through 38. Um, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love from God's love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, uh, you know, just taking that, basically, Mary had a hard life. Uh, by worldly standards, we wouldn't look at her and say she was the most blessed. She got pregnant as a teenager. She watched her, that, son, that child who she suffered so much for. Um, she watched him uh, murdered. And um, we say that she's blessed because she was with Christ um, and that she had that peace. And, you know, our children... Um, Unfortunately, there are promised hard lives too, um, and uh, we know, we know, even though this is so hard for us to believe at times and trust in, we know that in a relationship with Christ, our children um, will have that deep sense of peace. 
Um, we know that when we trust, um, when we trust God with our children, as Mary trusted God, knowing that it was God's child and not hers, you know, we know that that's what's going to give us our deepest sense of peace. But it's hard, you know, that's easier said than done. Um, but I think just, you know, connecting Mary's experience to say this is somebody who was obedient to the Lord. Um, who had a very difficult life, who now, 2,000 years later, is remembered as blessed among all women um, and um, was able to experience that peace and, you know, letting your child know that, you know, uh, Jesus, they have that relationship with Jesus right now, too. He came for them at Christmas, too, for them, you know, for you, uh, telling your child, you know, be amazed at this um, is, uh, and, and wonder, wonder how incredible this story is. Uh, talk about it as a family, uh, ask them what, you know, what do you think about this? Does this sound unbelievable to you? Yeah, it sounds unbelievable to me too. Can you believe this? Let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. Um, I think those are all healthy conversations to have. And, you know, it depends on the age, obviously, if, you know, conversation like this with my kids would be pretty hilarious. Emma came in, to the room yesterday when I was uh, studying for this and she had a baby in her underneath her shirt and she told me her name was Mary and she was pregnant with baby Jesus so you know we've got a long way to go and I know I know some of y'all in this room are kind of in the same boat but maybe with older children uh, can be a conversation that we can have uh, with them um, also, another thing that I wanted uh, to, to note here is that we actually have now more information than Mary had to put our faith in Christ. Um, she put her faith in what Jesus was going to do uh, based on what he said he was going to do and um, based, on, um, uh, based on what the angel told her. Um, but now we know we've seen the other side of the picture. We see the completed picture. Um, and so, um, you know, for us... Um, you know, the encouragement is from Keller, put our faith in him too um, and, and trust in him as Mary did. Um, what time is it? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. 10.45. I left five minutes for questions on purpose. Anyone have any questions, comments? I know that was a lot of reading and a lot of uh, scripture. Yes. I was going to say that I read something where they said that Mary was actually the first Christian because she actually believed that this, this Jesus was going to live in her and he was going to save the world. And so she's actually technically the first Christian. And it doesn't change the story of her conception and her raising him. But you think about, so this goes down, she's probably thinking, like, why me? Like, and that's what I would think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd be like, why did you pick me? And then along the way, she's probably thinking, I wish that angel would come back because, like, like we're kind of living a ho-hum life here you know as carpenters like am I supposed to be like getting him an extracurricular so he can <laughs> you know like should I be taking him on vacations to big towns so he can like get what he needs to be the savior you know like I don't know if she was like or did she tell people like did she brag about him she's like you know my son's actually yeah right yeah you know I don't know it doesn't seem like she does yeah it doesn't say much but you just think about how humble she probably was she mm -hmm. probably didn't talk about it much and she kind of was like the cream will rise to the top, I guess. Like, it'll all work out for mm -hmm. him. And she doesn't really, like, push him, I guess. And he knows his time. Mm -hmm. But then she probably is, when he's being persecuted, she didn't know that was going to happen. You know, she's thinking, and she's probably like, I thought we are going to go to, like, the rip yeah. in Bethlehem. Like, we're going to this, like, 
Jasper, basically, mm -hmm. on a donkey. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> actually that. That's a that's a really that's a really uh, interesting point, and it's a good point because uh, you know from that, but also why didn't she protect? You know, yeah. if you're her, what about the temptation to protect him? Yeah. from this ministry um and luke and luke uh simeon simeon actually tells them at luke when jesus is still a baby that she is going to feel the piercing in her sides um it's uh luke uh simeon and simeon this is a uh, luke 2 34 and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So she, she has that, that word spoken to her. And at the same time, she's hearing what Jesus is saying. He's not. He is like an Alabama fan sitting with his Alabama jersey on in the middle of the LSU student section in Baton Rouge. Like this is not a word that's being well accepted. You know, this is a dangerous word that she's hearing him preach and she's watching it. And, you know, we don't see any interference, you know, by her in that. That's not recorded. And I think, you know, probably the tendency for us, I know in my heart, I want to protect my children from everything. And I don't want to trust God that he's got a call on their lives. I want to, you know, control them. And as long as God will stay within my framework for what I want, then it's going to be okay. Um, and so I think um, that is a thing for us as parents to look at Mary as somebody who knew that it was God's child. And that she was, even though she watched that child be murdered, she had that deepest sense of peace, that deepest sense of well-being. It's almost like that peace that passes all in yeah, peace. Into her. Yeah, and I actually thought about that uh, from Philippians, uh, from chapter 4. What a good prayer to pray for your kids. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with, you know, with prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that's a good word. Um, one of the things that came to my mind when you were talking was uh, I was with some friends couple of guys um, recently and we were talking about our kids and one of them said that something he's done which is kind of a scary exercise is to ask your kids like what do you think is like my biggest hope for you um, because I mean it, he just said it was very insightful to see like what they responded and uh, anyway I, I think thinking about sort of how to talk about Christmas and what it means like asking that question and sort of I mean I asked Holly that the other day, and it was like, she said, you know, unfortunately, she did not give the right answer. Like, <laughs> do well in school, like, be, you know, like, be she gave sweet. several things that were like, I was like, yeah, those are all good things, but let me tell you what the real yeah. thing that I hope for you most is, and so, um, anyway, I just thought that something came to mind. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. Just real quick, um, you did a great job, I thought, about emphasizing how do we communicate this to our children. You know, our, our daughter was a late believer in Santa Claus, and Mary had to finally sort of take her before school started <laughs> and tell her so that she wouldn't hear it, you know, and make it be fun of it. You know, it wasn't Santa, it wasn't the Easter Bunny, it was the Madrigal that she was heartbroken about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just reminded that how, how can, I don't, I don't know the answer, but how do we navigate this myth telling along with the mm -hmm. reveal mm -hmm. because they all seem equally 
crazy when you shine the light on them. And I, I don't know, it's just something that mm -hmm. the Wall Street Journal had a cartoon this week. The, 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 the little boy's obviously been just been told that uh, there's no Santa Claus. And he goes, are you going to tell me there's no Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, um, and I'd love anyone else's thoughts on this, but one thing that occurs to me just from doing this series with Cameron last year um, about the directionality of Christianity is, is using Santa to say, look, society will tell you, you know, Santa, Santa won't, will only give you gifts if you're good. You know, we actually will hold that up and tell you that Jesus is different. You know, and, and then you could also draw some parallels. You know, like, like Santa, he comes down, he brings gifts. Um, but yeah, that's, does anyone, does anyone tell their, no Santa in this room? Oh, no. Okay. Well, I just had to, no. I just heard on the, um, yeah, gosh, probably. <laughs> um, probably pretty much is no. Um, <laughs> but I, Listen, there's something on Mockingbird, and then they talked about it on the Mockingcast this week. And I didn't read the original piece, but it was they were there was this mom. Basically, all her kids wanted they weren't allowed to have like Gatorade because of like the sugar and stuff, and they weren't allowed to have gum. And all these little boys wanted for Christmas was Gatorade and gum. And so basically, Santa brought them like a pallet of Gatorade and like all this gum. Um, and they were just making the connection of like what a grace that was to the children because it's something like totally ridiculous that you weren't really supposed to have, but not hurtful. I'm not really articulating it well. Yeah. But it was a sweet. Um, it was just a sweet story about how just ridiculous grace yeah. is, and how you know there are some ways you can play it out. In your mm -hmm. children's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> when my kids ask about Santa, I say, well, I don't really know that much about Santa, but let me tell you about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And just bring it back because, like, they're going to hear the craziest stuff about Santa Claus, but that's when I can, like, start showing them that we can go to the Bible and we can find answers there mm -hmm. instead of hearing it from everyone else that they know that they can trust me. I'm not going to spin this little story about the elf watching them cleaning up their toys or something that is just always back to the living word of God uh -huh. no matter what season alright I think we're out of time thank you Thank you. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.